worshiping him here. I praise you, Lord. I lift my heart and my hands in the name of Jesus. Heavenward, O oh Lord, we give you praise and glory and honor. We thank you for this beautiful truth of the Word of God. I thank you, dear Lord. Good to have each and every one of you here this morning. If you have a Bible and you care to follow along, turning to the book of Psalms. Psalm 119, 119, largest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. We'll begin with verse 57. Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. Please pay note to the next two verses particularly. Verse 59 and 60. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. And everybody said praise the Lord. like for you this morning to uh, see if you can hurry up and get saved. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. The Bible teaches in the 17th chapter of the book of Mark, oh, make that Luke, sorry, that uh, Jesus was coming down the road and there was a tremendous crowd. They were in anticipation of what was going on this day in this part of town. And so the scripture teaches that there was a, an individual that was not particularly tall, a little on the slight of stature side. So he, uh, Bible teaches he climbed a tree. And there he elevated himself above the crowd by doing so, so that he could better see Jesus. And of course, the Bible teaches that when Jesus came down the road and looked up, he said to him, Make haste. Make haste. Hurry up. I'm sure you've had it said to you sometime in your life to hurry up. Maybe it was when you were younger, getting ready to go to school. Maybe it was this morning when you were getting ready to go to church. But uh, I'm sure you've either heard the words or you have spoken the words. Hurry up. Make haste. Let's get with it. Jesus said that to this individual and the Bible said that he made haste he did just exactly what Jesus told him to do the Bible does tell us in 2nd Peter's epistle or message that he talked about hastening 
hurrying up, turning on the afterburners, getting with it. I read about a young man one time, and he made the statement that he he could run faster when he was scared. Call it his scared speed. He could turn it up a little bit. Well, you know, if we could just get a little fearful here, if we could realize as Second Peter, he was talking about making haste because he said that the Lord was coming soon, and think about it, that was almost 2,000 years ago, and that was termed to be the last days. So that puts us in the end of the last days, that the sands of prophecy have slipped through the hourglass. In other words, the seconds have gone around until they become minutes. The minutes have become hours. The hours have become days, and the days have turned into weeks and months and years and scores of years and then centuries and then millenniums. Here we are almost two millenniums down the road from the beginning of the last days. So we might want to put on the scare speed. We might want to realize that the last little bits of prophecy that are contained within the Holy Scriptures are coming to their time of fulfillment. We're not very far from His return. The foolish, they were disrespectful. The foolish were dragging their heels. They were just barely coming along here. They were completely distracted and involved with this life. And consequently, they had been putting off and putting off, putting off until they put off, getting where they should have been and doing what they should have been doing. And the more they got involved, the more the weights were attached to them. You've read in your Bible about laying aside every weight and the sin that surrounds us, that does so easily beset us or surrounds us. And do that so that you might run, that you might make haste, that you might get up and get with it. I'm sure you've, um, the other day my wife asked me, she said, she said something humorous and I didn't catch it. And she turned around and she kind of hit me on the shoulder lightly and she said, where are you? My mind was somewhere else. I was thinking about something else. And, you know, we can get, and I like to tell the young people when they kind of get that way, I say, earth to planet, wherever. Whatever planet you're on, <laughs> we're calling, hello. And, <laughs> and we all have a tendency from time to time to drift off somewhere. My wife calls it her happy place just determines to turn off all of the heat, so to speak, and the difficulties and the pressures and the stress. And it's not too bad to get stressed because that's dessert spelled backwards. So just turn it around. And go have a piece of our bake sale. <laughs> have some carrot cake. Help you out with your stress. 
Well, we all have a tendency to drift away sometimes. And I will tell you that we can get preoccupied with thoughts and we have the ability in this God-given mind of ours to think about a multitude of things simultaneously. I think so hard about so many things that I forget why I went to the next room because I'm a thousand thoughts past that first thought. I got a phone call yesterday and from FPL, and I said, oh, I need to call somebody and tell them about that. And about three seconds later and about 300 thoughts later, I forgot why I wanted to call them. So I took a walk after a while, and I was backtracking, you know, and I finally got back to, oh, FPL called. That's why I was calling that person. Now, it's not Alzheimer's. Don't get worried. I can tell you your phone number pretty quick. I told them if they ever have to put me in one of those homes, I'll probably sit there and just spout phone numbers and chapter and verse, you know. But uh, there is a lawful preoccupation, I'm trying to say, with thinking. That's okay. But there is also that unlawful thing called procrastination, that putting off of something that we need to do, something that's important. And uh, the foolish, they were termed foolish because they kept putting it off. And they kept dilly-dallying, dragging their heels, and going off into some other place, thinking about some other things and doing other things. And they weren't getting with the plan. They weren't getting with the program. They weren't getting focused. And they weren't taking care of the business that was important. It was important business. And they kept telling themselves that I'll get to that after a while. But, you know, sometimes that after a while just doesn't arrive because we keep on letting other things get in the way. Now, I'm pretty famous for doing that, or maybe it's infamous, but, you know, those honeydews, honeydew this, honeydew that. I always say, make me a list. Sure enough, she'll make the list. And then, you know, but something will happen. I'm about to get that done. And the phone will ring, or the hot water heater will burst, and water will run everywhere. Something will happen, and it knocks something down the priority list because something else jumped to the top. <laughs> well, you know, we've got to be very careful, and we've got to realize that there will always be a natural priority list. There will always be things in this life. You will head to church and get a flat tire. You will go out to crank the car and it won't get crunk because the battery's not cooperating or the battery cable has rust. And that's when I advise you to get a can of Coke and pour it right on there and it might help. Don't drink it. Pour it on the battery. But um, there are things that will definitely throw roadblocks in your way. And there are things that will distract you. There are things that will occupy your thought patterns. And there are things that will get up in your head and they'll seem so important that you will not get to the real thing and that is really important. And that's when we start getting termed, we, put our, we categorize ourselves with the foolish. We put ourselves with the putter-offers. We put ourselves with those that aren't getting around to what we really need to get around to doing. And the writer here said, I thought on my ways. I got to thinking. I decided 
to do away with denial. I decided to quit running from reality in my life, and I began to think on my ways. He said, I thought on my ways. Now, sometimes that's a scary thing. Sometimes that's an upsetting thing because sometimes we start reflecting on all the mistakes that we've made. But I want to tell you that your mistakes can be turned into a positive learning experience. They can be a motivation. They can be an incentive. They can get you past warp speed into scared speed. They can get you to realize, I, I need to turn my feet here. I need in thinking on my ways, and, and I need to turn my feet towards thy word. I need to start running here with respect. I need to make haste. Jesus said, make haste, and he made haste. And the Bible said that Jesus said, this day is salvation come to your house. It's coming to you. Meet me at the house of God. Meet me at the place of salvation. Meet me at the place where you can repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Meet me at that place and hurry up. Hurry up and get saved. Hurry up and make things right. I thought of my ways, and I turned my feet unto thy testimonies. The word is shouting to you. It's testifying to you. The chapter and verse, many great men and women from down through the ages that the Scripture tells us about and uses for both good and bad examples, great ones for great examples and the not-so-great for the not-so-great examples. There are those in the Bible that give us warning, give us admonition, that raise the red flag uh, in an attempt to tell us this is how not to do it. Don't do it like Cain did it. Don't do it like Jezebel did it. Don't do it like Judas did it. Judas Iscariot, that is, the traitor. Don't do it like them. Don't do it like Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't do it like those that were reduced to ashes after fire and brimstone fell upon them, and there's nothing left but a scorched earth and a pillar of salt by the name of Lot's wife. Don't look back. Don't get an appetite for the things that are down there in this old slime pit of a world. Don't hang around. Lot started to linger. He was dragging his heels, and the holy God of heaven had sent his angels after him. Finally, one of the angels grabbed Lot and said, Stop lingering. Hurry up. Make haste. It's fixing to come down. Fire and brims of God is going to rain destruction here. You need to move it. You need to step it up. You need to get a little respect and healthy fear about you. You need to turn your feet and go according to God's word, his testimonies. His testimonies. The word of God can help you to turn your feet can help you to turn in the right direction, can help and motivate and incentivize you to start running towards him. Make haste. Make haste. Let's hurry up and get saved. Let's not say someday that's just a putting off and a procrastination. Someday I'll get baptized. Someday I'll get the Holy Ghost. Someday I'll go to church. I've been inviting a, a uh, Jamaican banker, person works at the bank, and works at the teller window and 
I drew her a map, told her how to exactly how to get here. And uh, I keep inviting and inviting. And so she said, well, she said, I'm going to surprise you. And so I said, surprise me then. Let's do it. Don't just talk about it. Let's do it. You know? And so I went the other day and I said, hey, you still got your map? She reached right over there next to her little telewinder and held it up. She said, I do. Well, you know, many of us have the map. It's right there. It's right there. The writer said, I, I thought about my ways. I thought about my doings. I thought about my life. I thought about my thoughts. I thought about my actions and my activities. I thought about the direction I was heading in and where my life was going and where the course of this world was taking me. I thought about that and said, and I, I turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and I delayed not. I did not delay. I did not delay. The Bible talks about the delaying and how that a person would descend into the wrong things in their feelings about things being delayed. Let me tell you, God isn't delaying. Somebody said, well, I hope the Lord delays. He's not delaying anything. Everything is going to be according to his timetable, according to his word. Everything that was thought out and planned out and spoken into existence before the foundation of the world. Do you hear me? He saw you before the foundation of the world at 1125 on this date in this service. There's no slipping up on God. There's no creeping up on God. He knows the beginning from the end because he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He is the Almighty. He is the Holy One, the Great One, the Awesome One. And I'm telling you, He wants you to hear His testimonies. His Word is designed to testify to you, to shout to you, to point out to you, and to turn you by way of repentance. To turn your feet, turn your heart, turn your thoughts. For it is written that we should forsake our thoughts we want to get rid of our thoughts. Our thoughts are usually vain. They're worthless. They're empty. He said, I made haste and I delayed not. I'm not going to, some people in, in, the, in the thought of everything's, what did it say about the mockers, the imitators, people who would make uh, disrespect, it said that they would, uh, they would be that way in this day and age in which we live. The attitude, the spirit of it around us would be that way. A lot of poking of fun. A lot of snide and rude and disrespectful comments. A, a lot of people caught up in their own so-called intelligence and being wise in their own conceits. Very self-opinionated. And that there would, there would not be any restraint to the things that they would say and the disrespect that would spew forth from them. Uh, and that they would they would continue on in their way and say, well, you know, it, it ain't going to happen. Everything's the same. It's always been this way. And in the feeling of delay, they would give themselves more to a riotous lifestyle. They would give themselves more over to sin and a sinful lifestyle and the involvement in this world and just pushing off and pushing off and 
just going forward, persisting to go forward in the direction that their feet are headed. But the Lord's Word seeks to turn your feet around. He'd like for you to think about some of your ways. He'd like for you to think about some of the things you've done and some of the things you're doing and persisting in. And He'd like for you to turn around and start headed in the spiritual direction. Start headed towards heaven instead of going eyeballs wide open towards that place called hell where there will never be any escape whatsoever. There will be no escaping the fire and the brimstone and the torment and the eternal regret that I had opportunity after opportunity. I could have thought about it a little harder and I could have turned my feet. I had that choice and that opportunity. And I didn't do it. Somebody said to me the other day about, they were speaking of free will. I said, uh, let me tell you, I said, free will isn't all it's cracked up to be. I said, because free will is exactly what gets us in, into trouble. Because we're in the flesh, and we're ruled by the spirits that work through the flesh in this world. And so having free will, we misuse it. We make the wrong choices. No wonder Moses said, I set before you life and death. Choose life. You know, he's giving a big hint there. Choose life. Gives them two choices and then tells them the answer. Wouldn't you like to have a teacher like that? Give you a multiple choice test and then tell you the answer? Woo! That's cool. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> but Moses, Moses gave the answer. He said, I'm setting it right in front of you. Life and death. Choose life. Choose life. Hurry up and get it. Hurry up and get it. Make haste. Come on. Get out off of your own way of exalting yourself. You can't see this properly on your own, but I appreciate your effort. But let's get down and let's go to your house because salvation is coming. And it's coming quickly. <clears throat> Jesus gave birth to his church, recorded in Acts chapter 2. People will always ask us, well, what kind of church is your church, and uh, what denomination are you, or are you non-denominational? And I tell them, we precede all of that. We are a continuation of the church that Jesus started, and what other church is there, and what other church should we be interested in? Church meaning congregation, people that he pulled out of great darkness and brought them into marvelous light and gave them an experience, a plan of salvation, and the experience of that that placed them in his body, the church, the church, and you can become a part of that. And Jesus is trying to tell you we gave birth to that church. That church has continued, and it's here. But I'm telling you, that church has been praying for a long time from generation to generation and handed down the baton of salvation and the way of this life and handed it down. And there is going to be a last generation of Jesus Christ as a church has been praying for over 2,000 years. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, it's no time for you to fool around and drag around and put off. You need to hurry up and get saved. Hurry up and make it right. Let's hurry up here. People make the mistake, it's a very common mistake, of running from the very one and the very thing they should run to. I've seen people be 
disrespectful and rude and hateful and hard-faced and show you a very flinty face and a very flinty look and that kind of attitude. I've seen them do that, and they do it to people that love them. They do it to people that they should listen to. They do it to people that have their best interests at heart. And they turn right around, and they run right into the arms of people that are wicked, people that are selfish, people that are, have ulterior motives, people that become jealous of what you have or might have and want to get you away from it because they don't have it. Misery always loves company, it has been said, and it has certainly proven out. But I want to tell you, you need to turn your feet, and you need to let the Word of God direct you and tell you to make haste and get down off of that place you're at and get away from those thoughts and lifestyle that you've had and tell yourself, I'm going to not delay any longer. This is it. I'm absolutely putting my foot down, and I'm placing it in the right direction. I'm going to make another step and put my foot down. I'll make another step and put my foot down. I am going to hurry up here and I'm going to get with it here. I'm going to hurry up and get the salvation of God that he gave to the original church. I will not settle for anything less. I've had, I've had a belly full, a life full of confusion. No longer will I be confused. I'm going to get confused about religion. I'm after salvation. I'm not going to get caught up in man's ideas and man's thinkings and man's phrases and terminologies. I'm going to listen to the testimonies of God's Word. It's God's Word. It's to, I'm going to, he said, I made haste. I got, I made, I did it. I got in a hurry here. And he said, and, and I delayed not to keep thy commandments. It is written, blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life. Free will isn't all it's cracked up to be. That freedom of the flesh gets us in trouble. An outstanding example was a king. He thought he was a big dog. He fought, forgot, I want to say. He forgot that he had what he had because God gave it. God allowed it. And from time to time, God even used him. And so one day he got to walking around. Got to looking he said, man, look what I have done. Man, look at these hanging gardens. Look at the beautiful flowers that I have put here. Man, look at the great big walls I've built. Look at my palace. Look at my life. And about that time, because the Scripture said they say the Lord sees not, about that time there was a window open in heaven and a watcher was looking. And he said, oh, yeah? He said, well, from now on, you're going to eat like the beasts of the field. You're going to look like the beasts of the field. You're going to need you one more pedicure, honey child. You're not going to have to put on any fakies because they're going to grow out six inches long and curl down. And they're going to be dirty and they're going to be nasty. And you're going to forage around in all these plants you're talking about looking for food. You're going to be like a wild beast. Your mind is going to leave you for the next seven years. You're going to be an absolute raging lunatic out here wandering around, and your hair is going to grow out. That's not such a bad thing. And it's going to, you're going to look terrible. You're going to look wild. You're going to look woolly. You're going to look like a creature that people would run from and back away from. And for seven long years until he learned his lesson. 
And then he said, Whoo, I thought about what I said. Boy, I really blew that one. I really blew that one. I have learned here that you are God and you made it all and you did it all. And oh boy, his mind started coming back. You might want to get your free will in line with a little respect, a little healthy respect about just who God is and just who you are in the great big scheme of things. And then you might want to make haste. And delay not to keep his commandments. God help me that I don't misuse my life that I have been granted. That everything that you have placed in my life, that I I won't misuse it. But that I am not misappropriated, but that I will take it and do with it what you intended it to be done for. What you want me to do with it. No wonder so many would pray and what wilt thou have me to do? Thy will be done, not my will. My, my will goes the wrong way. My will gets my feet headed in the wrong direction. My free will gets me involved with things that hurt me. Free will got a fella so far out in left field that he invited all, he just made a big opening in his life for legions of devils to come in. And those devils, oh, they took him to the clubs. They took him to all those places. And he kept cutting himself. Instead of waking up in the morning feeling better, he wake up in the morning ashamed and hung over and strung out. And he, and he started looking bad. And he just looked at himself and said, I'm all cut up. And he kept cutting himself on the things of life. Self-inflicted wounds out of his mind, just doing, making all the wrong decisions and going in all the wrong directions. And a steady, no matter how much his mind, which is so powerful, tried to overcome the reality. I'm okay. I'm all right. It, it's, I'm in control. I was in a crisis center several years ago. Well, it's been a few years ago. And in that crisis center, I told a young lady, I said, listen. I said, you better listen to what I'm telling you. I said, because you're not only losing control, but we're losing control. And I said, they're going to take you. And they're going to put you away. And there's not a thing in the world we're going to be able to do about it. And so she, she straightened up pretty good. And by the grace of God and prayers of God, she straightened up a whole lot more. And, but still, she needs to hasten, just like you need to hasten. Needs to make haste and not live on this borrowed time. Isn't that what uh, one king did? He just lived on the extra 15 years God gave him. Never read of him doing one good thing after that. It was all still downhill. It was a less gradual descent, but it's still not one thing written that it did right. Still was involved with making wrong decisions. Let me tell you, you want to turn your feet here. You want to learn the way of the Lord. You want the testimony that is shouting to you to get through your thick skull and get past the fat callousness of your heart and get in there to where you really live and tell, give you a good talking to and say listen honey you better get it going right now you don't know how much time you've got left and in the big scheme there's not too much sand left in the prophecy hourglass as it is you better make haste you better hurry up you better quit holding out saying I want to have a little more fun you're going to find out that ain't fun and it ain't funny and it's destructive and then you're losing control they are going to take you away. One man that left God 
been a preacher of sorts. He left God. He got involved with being a comedian. Got involved with all kinds of loose women, all kinds of different things. His big, his big stick, you know, his big show, his big gimmick was he would make fun in comedy about spiritual things. You read about that king that took the Lord's vessels that were used, they were holy vessels used in the service of the Lord, and he took them and had a great big party, great big party. Took the holy vessels of the Lord and defiled them in a big old orgy. And all of a sudden, in the middle of it all, there was a very sobering finger that appeared, and it began to write on the wall and what the interpretation that was given by a spiritual man of God when everybody else couldn't do anything and they weren't about to say anything anyway. Who wants to stop the party? You know, But the finger that came from heaven stopped the party. And in their drunken stupor, they begin to sober up and fear begin to get a hold of them. And they called in somebody that they knew, they knew that this guy has it and it's right. He will tell us. And when Daniel walked in and he read the writing on the handwriting on the wall, you know, a lot of times we don't like to have it read to us just like it is because we get obstinate, we get stubborn, and we get contrary, and we keep giving ourselves over to the wrong spirit and attitude, and we get harder and harder and harder. And uh, he said, what it says is that your kingdom has been weighed. Talk about having to look at your true weight. <laughs> your kingdom has been weighed. And you've been found wanting, lacking in the balance here. Things are out of balance, and you're wanting, you're lacking. This is it. It's over for you. He was so shook up, so scared, that he actually wet his pants. He actually lost control of his bowels. He was so shocked and so rocked back, such a deep, deep fear that penetrated to the inner man. I want to tell you something. There is a God in heaven and earth, and he does see everything. and He does know everything. And you better be very thankful that he so loved this world that he's made it an all-out, pull-out-all-the-stops effort, done the greatest thing that could be done to save whosoever will. You want to realize that when the handwriting on the wall comes, when the testimony comes, when the preaching comes, when the word comes, you'd like to hear it say something that would help you. And we live in a time of grace that God Almighty has commanded His angels to hold back the four winds of judgment in an effort, in an attempt to save humanity in this time period known as grace. When He said favor, when the writer said that thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor. I want your grace. I want your favor. I don't want your wrath. Don't rebuke me in thy wrath. Don't chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Let me find grace. Let me find favor. I'm thinking about all the things and I'm sorry. I repent. I'm turning my feet. I'm not going to delay anymore. I'm not going to put it off anymore. There's nothing out there.
everything my flesh wants is injuring me and destroying me. And I'm headed wrong direction, the wrong eternal destination. You can remain standing. I do not want to find myself. I do not want to find myself going with my feet turned in the wrong direction. I want my feet to go in the right direction. I want to do the right thing. Everybody said praise the Lord. I want to somehow, some way, yield myself to the presence of the Lord here. I want to yield to the Word. I don't want to fight the Word. I don't want to resist the Word. I want to be done with contrariness, with stubbornness, with pride, with rebellion, with disobedience. I want to be done with these things. And I want to turn my feet. One of the greatest examples in the Bible of repentance among the greatest, in the definitely in the top ten, maybe the top five, was a city of 180,000 people. And a very reluctant duck responsibility fella heading down the road going somewhere else. And God said, well, I know how to fix your problem. And so God just created a great fish. New Testament called it a whale. Swallowed him up and took him to the bottom of of the bottom and he said I cried out of the belly of hell oh God get me out of here and so it was kind of like uh, kind of like the preacher told me one time he decided to quit and he got a got stricken with a really bad fever kind of like a scarlet fever and he was in the bed and about two weeks went by and he said the voice of the Lord spoke to him and said had enough yet and there must have been something there that just wasn't quite broken so he got two more weeks of it 30 days voice came back and said had enough yet I, I, I believe I have he's very quick to answer that time I believe I have he lost all his hair God gave him all his hair back that was a nice thing and uh, restored him and he became one of the greatest preachers that ever wear shoe leather. But I want to tell you something. That great big whale got a little signal from his master, from the creator. And he said, okay, he's had enough. Let's take a little ride. He said, you need to burp. So he burped the preacher right on the shore, right where he was supposed to go in the first place, and do what are you supposed to do in the first place? That's usually what it is with us. We have to take a, a long ride downhill and get to the bottom in some situation before we have had enough. I've had enough. I, I, I want to, I've been thinking about it, Lord. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about my ways. And I've been thinking about how my ways are so contrary to your ways. And uh, I'm a, uh, I'm turning my feet here, Lord. This preacher hit the town, and he went from one end of the town to the other. 180,000 people that were so lacking in knowledge. They were so ignorant. They were so lacking in knowledge about God. Oh, they had religion, but they didn't understand or know God. Just had a lot of religion. Caught up in a whole lot of phrases and a whole lot of words and a whole lot of coined terms. You know, they had religion. 
They didn't know the Bible said their right hand from their left. I still know some people like that. Tell them to turn right, they turn left every time. I call them Ninevites. They did not know. That preacher headed through that town and he began to preach. And he preached the word of God, the testimonies of God, and people started thinking about what they've been doing, the way they've been acting, the way they've been thinking, the places they've been going, the things they've been indulging themselves in, how they were misusing their free will. And they begin to make haste, and they begin to delay not. They begin to keep God's commandment. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Repent just doesn't mean to say, I'm sorry. It does mean that, but it, that's the superficial top minor part of it. It means that you're going to turn your feet away from the direction you've been going and turn them towards God and start heading in His direction. It means that you're going to have a change of thought pattern, so you're going to have a change of action here and direction here. There's going to be a change in behavioral pattern here. There's going to be a real down-to-earth, solid repentance. One writer put it in the New Testament said you'd bring forth works that were proper for repentance. You would bring forth fruit that was proper for repentance. That the repentance tree in you is now bearing a fruit. And so the things that you used to think were so great and were so proud about, now you're adverse to those things. And you turn away, you turn your feet from the power of Satan and the world to the power of God. You make a repentance here. You turn your feet, you make haste, you delay not, you start getting with it. There's going to be big changes that take place. The places you used to go, you don't go there anymore. The things you used to desire and thought were so great, you don't desire them or think they're so great anymore. The things that you were proud about, you're now ashamed of. The king of that city, he said, nobody is to eat or drink. Even the dogs are not to eat or drink. You talking about putting on a repentance. What a tremendous biblical example. Forget Mr. Wagner and his dictionary or some other name of a dictionary. Forget their definitions, their natural definitions, their secular definitions. Get in the book and get the subject matter and get good chapter and verse. Let the testimonies of God testify to you and then you can turn your feet and delay not and like the little man in the tree you can make haste and get to where salvation is at. And God always meets you right on time. He's never late. He knows exactly when. He knows exactly when and he knows how. And the writer was inspired to say the elements are going to melt with a fervent heat. Another writer was inspired to say in subject matter that the heavens would roll together like a scroll and the stars would be like a fig tree that was shaken by a mighty wind at a bad time and they would fall, those stars, from heaven to the earth and every island, every mountain would be moved out of its place and that men would try to hide and could find no hiding place and they would pray for death but there would be no death. Because the wrath of God had come. You know, the church, the good news, the church, according to the Bible, is not appointed to wrath. It is appointed to obtain salvation. You need to turn your feet and get yourself right in here and say, God, I've been thinking about me and my ways. 
and I want to make a turnaround here. I, by your grace, your favor that I seek, I'm living in the time of grace, a dispensation of grace. You deal with us after grace. I've got this space of time for repentance here that's in Revelation. I'm given space for repentance. Dear God, let me use it. Let me just reign around my free will and realize that my flesh is driving me in all wrong directions. Let me get going here. Turn my feet. Let me hurry up. Let me make haste. No more putting off. No more foolishness. No more stubbornness. I I'm going to get in line. I'm going to repent. And then I'm going to get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And then I shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's in your Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Open up and read it and pray over it and ask God to let you believe it. Grant that he would give you his grace. Open your understanding to believe it because that's his plan. And that's the salvation that he brought. And that's why the flesh died on the cross. And the Spirit withdrew from that flesh and then re-entered it three days later. Forty days of infallible proofs. And then he sent them to an upper room to receive the Holy Ghost. And they received the obedient ones. The 380 went the other way, putting off. But 120 turned their feet in the exact direction that they were instructed by God's Word to do. And they went to that upper room in the church house, and it's recorded in Acts chapter 2, and about 120 were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Peter preached to the whole known world that was gathered together in Jerusalem. And he preached to them and answered their question when they said, What shall we do? He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That day, 3,000 people got their feet, their heart, in other words, turned around in the right direction. They baptized 3,000 people. God added to the church every day. Oh, come on now. You want to be among that number that's going to stand with him that day and have victory over all of the wiles of the enemy and all the things that you used to run to and thought was so great that you got victory over that. You got victory over the beast, the book said, and over the mark of the beast and the number of his name. And you stood victorious and blessed and holy are they that have part in that first resurrection commonly referred to as the rapture. You want to be among that number. You don't want to be with the crowd that's going away from the house and the word of God. You want to be among that number that said, I'm glad to be among that number. I'm glad to be going to the house. I'm glad to be baptized. I'm glad to have the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's lift our hearts with our hands and let us worship him this morning. Ask God to help you to turn your feet in the right direction. Not to make any delay. To delay no longer. Hurry up to make haste for salvation. Salvation is here for you today. It's not difficult. Right where you're at, you can repent. God, I'm so sorry. I need your help, Lord. I need your help here this morning. Help me to make this right decision. Help me to turn my heart and mind in the right direction. Help me to put this old lifestyle behind me. Help me, Lord, to take the next step from repentance and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. 
For he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you're not believing, you don't repent. If you're not believing, you don't get baptized. If you're not believing, you don't get the Holy Ghost. But if you're believing, you repent. If you're believing, you get baptized in Jesus' name. If you're believing, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you will keep right on believing until he comes for his church. Takes us out of here. We'll be with him. Marriage suffer the Lamb while the world is suffering the wrath of a very vengeful God. Come on and lift your heart with your hands. Worship this morning. We're going to have prayer. Everybody's invited. All the ladies over here. All the men over here. Everybody's invited. Come now. In your heart be running. In your heart be scared. In your heart be respectful. Hurry up and get this salvation. Hurry up and get this truth in your heart. Don't delay. Don't put it off anymore. Come on now.